Season two, of Slow Ride Reviews. He's Tim. He's Matt, and we're here in different places. I'm in Minnesota. You're in Orlando, and been doing a lot of writing. Little guy, I'm super stoked to bring this back. So, Me too. for the second second season, um, we have the lucky opportunity to try a bunch of cool bike products, but then also tell people about it um, to our audience of the products that we buy and whatnot. So I think that it's it's rightfully, you know, here we are today. We're talking pretty simply about shoes and locks. Yep. We've got some great stories about using the U-locks oh, and yeah. whatnot. I can't wait to get to that on the back half of the show. Yeah. But um, Top half. You got some shoes. I got some shoes sent to me from the great folks over at Bond Trigger. I have probably 500 plus miles in these shoes, so I'm ready now to talk about them. That's a good amount of miles. I put them through the ringer, like the, I guess the dad ringer. Are these because they're getting they're, they're the, getting both uh, road bike and cargo bike use then, and a heck of a lot of running use oh, in them because okay. as you know, uh, I got them on the cargo bike, and uh, little Heimar loves to go to the school parking lot down the street and ride his Strider. Or lately play soccer, and I have to admit that these uh, Bontrager shoes have been uh, pretty comfortable <laughs> when it comes to running around on hot asphalt, kicking a soccer ball with a two-and-a-half-year-old, and then after he misses kicking it, I have to go run and get the ball before yeah. it goes down the drain. Yeah. That it's a... Uh, they're pretty comfortable. So, okay, we haven't we haven't said what the shoe is yet. So, I'm assuming you didn't get a pair of their road specific race shoes. What what model did you get if you're able to play soccer in them? So, this is this is a little bit of inside baseball little guy is that we Spencer and I got the tandem sponsored by the Waterloo Hockey Club mm-hmm. out of Waterloo, Wisconsin, and we got to try a pair of the Bontrager GR2 gravel shoes. Okay. Um, I know you're like gravel yeah, shoes. Well, yeah. we'll get to that later. Yeah. We talk, talk to the, the project lead okay. on if they just put the gravel name on there to sell some more units. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and April at Bontrager did a great job of explaining what is going on with these, the shoes as a whole. Okay. But I will say that the, um, the they were going to give us the leg up to, to beat you on the tandem at Dirty Kansas because mm-hmm. they're a little bit more flexible because they're designed to, I think, just kind of use them in situations where you have to walk in them mm-hmm. as well. Play a little so they're soccer. kind of, yeah. yeah, like, you know, here's a giant hill that yeah, your tandem yeah. can't get up. Have fun walking up it, boys. Yeah. And so, you know, the folk at Bone, Bone Trigger uh, took, put us into their uh, thoughts. So the overview of the shoe, little guy, to put it quite blank, uh, is it the best mountain bike gravel shoe that I've ever had. And that covers the very important caveat of these would be the best messenger shoes I've had because they're super comfortable. They're super, um, the, the toe box is super wide. They're very walkable. I like the laces and I got the old gold colorway, mm-hmm. which just it looks, looks fantastic. They would look great with my like Dickies that I used to wear as a courier all the time. <laughs> remember the rolled right up Dickies? In. Yep, I remember the rolled yeah, up Dickie look. <laughs> um, a couple of things uh, on them is that they're 140 bucks. I thought the price point was was good. I would I would buy that 
regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, super roomy, but then the flex. What do you think looking at them? Because I, I know that you're going to be jealous when you see me in them. Yeah, I like them. I got to say, I, def- I definitely like the gold more than the all black. But, you know, all black has its place with shoes that you're going to get dirty. Um, yeah. But the gold looks really nice, and they got kind of a fleck tone in the in the sole, like yeah. some little flecks in there. They look really good. They look like they'd be on the warmer side. How how do you, how are they for you in Florida? Are they are they for the cold weather gravel, the hot weather gravel? How are they like breathing? <laughs> so I guess I haven't used them. Um, I one of the things I think about. Um, I haven't used them for the hot weather yet. Yeah. So only kind of you know January on, which is Minnesota summer. So okay. Yeah. So it's it's still been fine. Warm. I will say that. The toe box being roomy enough, like I was thinking, like you know, I could wear wool socks underneath there. Yeah, yeah. But that sounds that sounds very gravel bikey, like oh, adventure no, it's, bikey. It's to on pull brand, them off. yeah. So they're not. I don't. I guess I never even thought about the temperature of them. Oh, like okay. I'm fine with that. I, I don't think they're super clunky. My, my, I don't think I would be racing in these if I was doing a cross country like twenty five mile hardcore like ride, like a hammerhead um, cross country race here in Florida. Mm-hmm. Now, I mentioned that to April when I was talking to her, and she had pushed back, rightfully so, saying that, like, you know, the the sister shoe or the brother shoe to this model was designed around kind of the racing mm-hmm. aspect. So I, th- I think that has to do with my own, like, uh, maybe misconceptions or kind of just, you know, like, we've always been told that just the heart, the, the harder the soul the better it is for racing because of power transfer, right? Yeah. I mean, and yeah, we've and, been told that with everything, which is not, not always true. Anyways, let's get to talking to April. Yeah, let's hear it. Um, and then we'll come back and I'll give my uh, final takes on them. I'm joined here today with April Beard. Yes. All right. I, I have a horrible history of pron- mispronunciations. It's kind of a running gimmick. So I apologize. <laughs> We're 295 episodes in. I still can't figure out how to pronounce some safer uh, names. But April, um, what is it exactly that you do at uh, Trek? I'm the director of helmets and footwear at Trek for Bontrager. So you're responsible for what we're putting on our feet and our head coming out of Bontrager. Yes, I oh, am. Wow. That's awesome. That's, <laughs> that's, that's quite the responsibility. So not only do you have the wave cell helmet responsibility, now, now you have a responsibility of introducing a whole new shoe category. That's right. So we got these shoes presented to us by um, Bontrager to, uh, for my attempt at Dirty Kansa, right? Because that is the grandfather, the granddaddy of them all, as they say, of gravel riding. And so now Spencer and I, we're going to have perfect gravel shoes for this. I need to know why they're gravel shoes as opposed to just another cross-country shoe. And I got to admit, to give you a little background, is that I have been wearing these all over the city of Orlando. Anywhere from asphalt parking lots, playing soccer with my son, to the mountain bike trails, and they've been a great shoe. Um, what what sets them apart from a, a normal cross country shoe? I think that's a really good question. And um, you're talking about the shoe, you got to you kind of have to pick a lane. Um, we have at Trek uh, the team, the the bike teams, in in addition to on the body teams, have been doing a lot of research on that uh, customer that's getting off the pavement. And they want a shoe that's more versatile. They want a shoe that can kind of do a lot of different things. Maybe not as many as the ones that you've been describing, but I think that, you know, choosing that gravel was, was just, we picked the lane of gravel, but to your point, it's a very versatile shoe. I mean, you could, you can take it on XC trails. You can race it 
cross, cycle cross. You can take it on endurance rides. Um, but the idea was to ha- get, make something that was fun and playful and um, help you kind of get out and, and explore and adventure off the pavement. And that's basically what we, what we landed on was gravel. So I definitely picked that up. But one of the things that I, from, it doesn't strike me as like a, a classic cross country race shoe. Um, I think that has to do a little bit more with like the flex in the sole, um, mm-hmm. which I think would actually be really nice for when I have to um, push a tandem up the hills at Kanza for when I finally get to do it. But the, <laughs> I, I, I got to ask the question, gravel is gravel in the title just to sell a few more units? Um, that definitely was not the intention. Um, I didn't know that adding gravel to the title would, would add a few more. <laughs> I'm okay with that if that's, if that's really what it is. Um, but ultimately just kind of, as I was talking, you know, we wanted something that would help align more with, um, some of those adventure type rides that, um, for the bikes and all the research that our team was doing. And we said, instead of, you know, picking the lane of road or mountain, let's do something that is really going to maybe be a little bit more catered to that customer and that ride. And they are going to, you know, whether you're going out for a one, you know, one day partial day or a full day backcountry adventure, or if you're doing um, in dirty Kanza or maybe something maybe more um, that I can relate to Dairy Roubaix where it's, you know, yeah. the region of Wisconsin and not too far from me. Um, it's just going to give you, I think probably what I would say is confidence, grip, and um, comfort. So we talk about how the last is a little bit more relaxed. Um, you mentioned that it's walkable. It doesn't have our stiffest sole. So when you're getting off and you're doing a hike a bike, whether your bike is packed down because you're going out for a multi-day adventure or you're just on a tandem trying to bike up a really <laughs> steep hill with the, you know big ruts in it, uh, it's going to give you traction. It's going to give you a lot of grip. And then just all of that is going to help inspire your confidence, uh, whether you're, whatever it is that you're doing, or maybe you're descending and you're, you know, you're on the pedals, but you're not quite clipped in. You've got that little bit of extra grip on the bottom of the shoe. Um, just overall, I think taking a page, if um, you're familiar with our tire line, we have a GR2 tire. Mm-hmm. I would say it would be, um, I'm kind of stealing from Graham Wilhelm, our director of wheels, uh, wheelworks, he chose that name for his tire and I stole it from him because I think it's kind of a, a very nice parallel between the, the tires and the, the shoe. Right on. And then I did also notice that it has like the normal features of the, um, like the uh, uh, toe clip or the toe spikes, right? So if you do mm-hmm. want to make it a little bit more of that cyclocross shoe, is that a different type of sole from like, so you say it's not the, the is it the sole design similar and it's just a different like yeah. flexibility? It's- it's the it's the same sole design, so it's the same level of stiffness as our four A shoe, same um, okay. bottom tread unit. So um, just you know, the colorway is a little bit different. It's got the, at least the old style gold has that um, speckled bottom, um, but it's the same grip sh- grip tr- and traction that you're going to get on that shoe. And it does have that the plastic toe cleats or spikes. I get cleats. I guess you'd call it that are built into the shoe or attached yeah. to the shoe that you can put in your own spikes, whichever ones you choose if you want more grip traction, <laughs> yeah. whatever you're going after at the time. And yeah, if, if you're racing, I guess it depends on, on the person. Um, you know, you first have to find the shoe that fits you the best, but from a stiffness perspective, yeah, it's not going to be as stiff. So maybe you'll compromise some of that um, power transfer to the pedal. But I, I still think 
I mean, I personally, I, I don't do a lot of cross country racing, um, but cyclocross, I race my, I've raced my foray in cyclocross all season last year and absolutely loved it. And maybe because there's off the bike and on the bike and you've got that traction and it's really easy to clip in with, um, with all of those things in combination, I think that it just, it makes it really versatile. Nice. And I've been, uh, I've probably got over 500 miles in the shoes. So I feel like we've kind of got some long-term use in the, the lace enclosure. That's great. My favorite part is the colorway. Can you, I didn't, I didn't know your title was, was so important that you're almost making all of these decisions into what we put, like how we look on the, on the bike and off the bike. Can you tell me a little bit of how, the colorway is determined because I think the gold, old gold is just spot on wonderful. It's got a nice patina when it kind of uh, fades almost a little uh, from that new box shine. I, I would love to just hear kind of the process of how you got to the old gold colorway. Um, so I can't, I mean, from a the perspective of the name, I can't take credit for the name because old style gold is a colorway that has been in our bike line. It's in the Bontrager line or Trek and Bontrager line. So that name itself that's been around, but we decided to steal it because we had said, and as I had mentioned, we wanted this shoe to be um, maybe not quite so serious and, and a little bit more, you know, adventurous and playful. And we look, we talk about where we're riding this and, you know, maybe the Browns or some, or some kind of brown would be what we would go for. And we sampled a whole bunch of different colors and that one just seemed to be the one that everybody gravitated towards. Um, and from a naming perspective, you know, if you just, just think kind of thinking about it, we're in Wisconsin, we like beer, right? Yeah. Um, beer old style originated in lacrosse. Lacrosse is in the driftless region. This is where we did a lot of our research for these gravel type rides, the bikes and, and everything that we offer. So it just kind of seemed to fit. Yeah. Home of the world's largest six pack in, in LaCroix, Wisconsin, <laughs> the old style. Um, that's awesome. I, I was just curious because it, it looks great. Can I make a recommendation? Are you ready? Yes. Yes. Can you make wingtips on the front of the old gold for the next time? I just think if you want to talk about selling way more units, I think you could definitely sell one more. <laughs> wingtips. That's would that be like in the shape of the, the Nargard material in the yeah, front? Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay. So is that the Nargard? I didn't notice that. So it is a little bit um, more durable on the toe on the toe box. Is that just for, yep. you know, the kick up of gravel? Okay. Yep. So that's, again, for wherever it is that you're taking it, um, you're just going to have a little bit more protection in, in the toe and in the heel, just like you would if you were looking at mountain bike shoes or shoes that you need more durability for. Awesome. Well, April, thank you so much uh, for joining us. And once again, that was April Beard from Bontrager in uh, Wisconsin. Great. Thank you. I appreciate it. So little guy, we have a ranking system, as you know, yep. right? Like, would I buy it for you? Would I buy it for you with a, a gift receipt? Mm -hmm. um, or would I just like, eh, thanks, but no thanks. You know, <laughs> kind of the old Minnesota. Eh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Politely. I would absolutely buy these for you without the gift receipt. All right. Um, so I'm going to work on That's a strong getting you a pair, just mostly because the versatility of the comfort and you can ride them wherever. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing, I like this, but I don't, I don't really have a, I like, I love the shoe. I don't really have a, but other than that, I maybe need to get over my own misconceptions on what a race shoe is before I would feel comfortable putting these on the line at like a serious cross country event. Yeah. But if it is a 
a ride. Like Schwamigan, I would probably wear these in because I'd be too cheap to buy another shoe. <laughs> but I would, I like if I wore these at Schwamigan and didn't do well, it would provide a nice excuse <laughs> for me. Okay. Does that make that sense? That makes sense. I like, mean, I understand the position. I have. I only have a, a older pair of, of racy shoes now for the mountain bike, cross bike, gravel bike. And I'm in the market almost, you know, probably soon for some new ones. They're breaking down. And I, I do believe that I don't need anymore the lightest, stiffest shoe in the world. And I would probably benefit from a shoe that I could walk in, move around in. Exactly. And not, comfort makes more sense unless you're like at the tippy tip of the fast race, I think. I think so I've had two other pairs of lace up shoes on the mountain bike side. One of which was the Juro empires. I think these are way better than the Juro empires just cause the, they're the comfort. It's a wider toe box mm-hmm. really is what it comes down to. So, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, what are we talking about? We're talking about the best shoe to get is the one that fits you the best. Yeah. So maybe this one just fits me the best. I got to try it on before I, you know, got them and all that. But overall it's a fantastic gum shoe. So definitely would buy. I, I, yeah, I just wouldn't race Schwamigan in them, which isn't even a knock. I would go ride Schwamigan with you guys, but if I had to toe up the line again mm-hmm. and put my dignity on the line, I would want everything. <laughs> like, I'd probably get, like, a boa-dialed shoe, right? Like, something that, well, although the boa dials on every shoe apparently fail that we've picked up on watching yeah, Cyclocross. Yeah, any cyclocross. So the, la- the lace-ups are even better. Yeah. So I could be talked into wearing these shoes at Schwamigan, yeah, too. Yeah, I'd, I'd say boas seem to break much more often than laces out in the real world. Yeah. How do you feel about laces? I I am old at this point, and all my apparel and, and shoes are old. I do not own any lace-up shoes, which I know proves I haven't purchased shoes in the last so, five to eight years. I, I've had the same road shoes now for about eight years. I'm actually uh, seeking out some uh, road shoes for review mm-hmm. right now, so like I can't wait to start talking about those. But I've been in lace-up shoes for eight years since it came back I, but do we do we owe lace-up shoes to taylor finney like the return of them is he the first i probably around that time wasn't he the one that kind of brought it mm. back so like and there's kind of just that i lace-up shoes can be done right and they can be done incorrectly they i like the sleek retro look of lace-up shoes it was frustrating when I first started wearing lace-up shoes that I couldn't reach down and ratchet the buckle before a townline sprint <laughs> like I've seen so many other people on a group. And idea. do you feel like that cost you some townline sprints or just psychologically? Psychologically. Like it took a while. I also did have one incident where the laces came untucked because I, I have the Vittoria lace-up shoes right okay. now. Um, they don't have the like the tongue secure thing that the, that the Bontrager lace-ups mm-hmm. have where you can put your laces back down through the tongue, like where there's a little Lycra yep. or spandex, like a ratchet or kind of clip that keeps mm-hmm. it back. Um, so I did have laces get tied up into my shoes. Like I was a teenager on a, uh, you know, a 26 inch mountain yep. bike. Uh, but you know, overall I like them. I think I may be ready to go into the boa side of things. Cause mm. I think boas are super easy. I like the micro adjustment, especially on the road side. I just, there's something smooth and polished. Let's rank right now, me, you, the four types of closure systems on shoes. So we have Velcro, mm-hmm. we have buckles, boas, and lace-ups. Yep. So what do you want on your shoes? Well, I've, I've had lace-up shoes that aren't like race shoes. And I've liked it, but 
it do, I have had them come untied while I'm out for a ride, and I certainly don't okay. want to do that in a race. So I'm going to go Velcro and Buckle always go together in my world. I've never had just a dual Velcro. <laughs> I have had a dual Velcro shoe that was like a 1991 look shoe that I found at a thrift store. When you had the Velcro, did you cross them like like a little X? Oh, like where you um, put the upper, I mean, I tried to. Like a kid? I tried to because that was a cool yeah. look. I really like that look, but it usually came undone because the Velcro is old. So no. So I would say buckle, Velcro, lace up, boa because I've never had boa, and I and I firmly believe that they're all going to break. That's what th- watching bike racing has taught me. They're all going to break at a critical moment. <laughs> so. So when I went to Ironman a few years ago um, to, to cover it, uh, if you will, I was there and the boa tent had the longest line because all the runners were getting their lace-up shoes converted to boas. What? For, yeah, to speed up the transition time, little guy. That's crazy. Okay. Um, I am always curious. Like, you know, boa seems like one of these things. Like, why aren't they on hockey skates? Right? Because, yeah, like, aren't they? they could just be so quick to tight. Like, I've, I've always been curious as to you know you could have protections million dollar idea right there um but i think that you know it's uh, it is what it is i my ranking would be lace-ups because it's what i'm used to mm-hmm. boa buckle velcro although velcro could be near the top because i always love that the velcro shoes are lighter than like so it was always like the second tier shoe that had velcro was always lighter than like the top yeah, level yeah. shoe that a company would be pushing yeah. because of the weight of the buckle yeah. There's something kind of um, romantic in a weird way, in a weird cycling way of having this overly complicated shoelacing pattern. Like, I don't know if you've ever gone and bought hiking boots and there'll be the guy at the hiking boot store, like at the real tech outdoor store, who will show you this sort of over the top lacing pattern that like just does things to your foot you never knew was possible and makes it easier to walk downhill or something weird. And there's something kind of nice about like kidding up in this weird overly tech way you put the like weird marks under your eyes like you're a football player and then you lace your shoes up for 35 minutes and they're like so perfectly snug at the same time sometimes you just want to put yeah. your shoes on and go can i tell you what my problem though is like i can never replicate i can never replicate the intricate lacing pattern that they've come up with when i am trying no like oh, i it think it went over under and then a double loop over here. under four times i i can see from the the trek bontrager website here that it seems to just be a fairly standard lacing pattern they set the well, shoe up with it they they believe works it doesn't look like um you're gonna need some sort of advanced degree and knots to uh put these on so overall love the shoe um i'd buy it for you okay uh even at full price, I'd buy it for you. No gift receipt. Uh, no I gift like receipt. it. This is, this is definitely a purchase it. at full MAP for you. Um, so anyways, thanks for Bontrager for uh, providing those for test, but uh, I, I'm sold on them. All right. Little guy. Another thing that I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, and mostly your experience, because you've been in the game a little bit longer than me, is locks. Ooh, locks. And Lock companies, the two big ones in the U.S. Well, I guess there's there's three or four, but the the two ones, you know, there's Kryptonite, mm-hmm. which has owned the scene for even when I, when I was a courier, they were that was the biggest. Yep. And then you have kind of the late arriver in the states, Abyss. Mm-hmm. Then obviously you have like the On Guard and um, I don't know other lock companies that um, that are out there. But th- those are the two yep. big ones for when we were couriers, um, On Guard and Kryptonite at that time. And then Abus has made a huge play have. Um, lately. So one of the things that I didn't know about when I was a courier is like I had a bigger U-lock. I had I didn't have the U-lock mini. Oh, okay. 
Um, and one of the things I remember learning from you was uh, pure lock happiness really comes down to wearing your key on your wrist. It's quick. Those speedy, those speedy locks and unlocks. Yeah. So, so those little like uh, scrunchy keychains that you see like at the the cash register or the cash wrap of any hardware store yep. is basically what I'm talking about. You would yep. have a little wrist bracelet elastic wrist bracelet looks like a slinky mm-hmm. and then you would just have one key on there and it would be your u-lock key yep. or just a bic pen apparently and <laughs> you would then you could quickly get into your lock and then i got a mini that fit into the back pocket of my carhartts or any pair of pants that i wore and the u-lock mini was industry standard yep for bike was, messengers especially yeah. messengers outside of new york city yeah maybe in new york it wasn't as as the main thing, but everywhere else you weren't as afraid of no. having your bike stolen. The the mini was what you needed. And how did you lock your bike when you went into the buildings? Or how do you still? Do you still do this? Like this is I almost never and I know where you're going with this. You're gonna talk about free locking. I almost never free lock my bike. But I have to say back 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 in the day, it was like way cooler to free lock your bike for whatever reason and everyone is about it. And now I, I find a pole almost every time so, because too many people just had their bikes picked up or in, you know, your instance, you had you so, know, a little more trouble. So free locking is the act of putting just your front wheel to your frame, but you could pick up your bike and someone could put it into the back of a pickup truck, which I always was shocked never happened. Um, I had yes. my pride and joy bike was the Panasonic track bike. As you know, little guy, I free locked that thing. It was awesome. And I had that U-lock mini lock that had like the plastic sheath on the outside. I took it off. So it was all jet black. Didn't have the orange. Um, (laughs) And again, this is before people figured out that you could open it with a Bic lock uh, or Bic pen. And so one day I'm, I'm locking the bike free, free locked, leaned up against the Pillsbury center at what is that? 250 South 6th street in Minneapolis. 200, 200 and 200. So on the the South plat on the big plaza out front, I, you know, this beautiful bike I had in the middle of the plaza. So everyone would see it. I make my (laughs) delivery. I come back looking just fly. I wasn't even wearing a helmet at that time. This is when Tim was wearing his Fossa Bordalo courier Mm -hmm. cap looking brilliant. Super cool. I get out my U-lock. I get my, get my key ready to get my U-lock. And then the fucking building security put a coil lock around it, which you Tim can see here, little guy. It is yeah, on my trophy it. case that it says to remove bike lock, contact U.S. Bank Plaza security. Beautiful. And I picked up my bike that had this padlock and this janky, like, target cable, and I walked. I think 10 blocks to one-on-one bike studio in downtown with this bike on my shoulder, totally proving the point that free locking your bike is the (laughs) dumbest thing in the world because I picked it up and I walked it to the other side of downtown to have the mechanic there cut the lock for me. I cut the lock and I kept this because US Bank did not want people free locking in the middle of their plaza, probably for, you know, ADA compliance, you know, like the horrible nature. Yeah. Like, why was I locking my bike in the middle of the plaza when yeah. there was Minneapolis has a ton of great bike parking, you know, like there's, there was poles for me there's to poles. use. Um, yep. So I free locked forever. And then uh, someone on YouTube put a picture of them breaking a lock open with a big pen. And for anybody that was around remembers, yep. this was catastrophe for kryptonite. 
This was trouble. And Kryptonite did a fairly good job of basically replacing every bike lock that was ever sold with the the round core lock Mm -hmm. to the the classic key lock that now we have. So we got we all got in Minneapolis. We all got like lock replacements. Yeah, we. I mean, like no questions asked. They did it. It was they did a pretty good job handling it. They did. It was pretty quick. There was there was a little bit of lag time there where it was out and known in the world and and we were all still just had those locks and i was a little worried um yeah but we made it we made it so we get this the new locks and then that's kind of i had this the new replacement lock it had the blaze orange handle on it and it was it was all right it worked and then i moved to mini i moved to florida i kind of stopped free locking i didn't really have a need for the u-lock mini anymore but i still used it because it was my de facto lock Mm -hmm. um but i was like you know this is a little too tight like the you know the you can't really lock too much with it. Like you better have your, you better not have quick release on. Yeah. You um, can't get the wheels. You can't yeah. get a lot. And if you got cables, it really only works with a really sweet track bike with NJS parts. Cause you can get that right up close to the pole. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise yeah, there's like no toe, the, and, like all the toe yeah, overlap in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It only works with toe overlap. No, I mean a hundred percent. If I ride my Klein around town, yeah. um, I have to lock the rear wheel spokes to the frame. If I wanted to free lock that, because I can't, I can't free lock the front wheel. I can't. It's everything's, you know, spaced out. It's a mountain bike. So I at that time was on Twitter one day and I saw this crazy lock I'd never seen before. And it was the Avis Bordo lock, mm-hmm. which was the lock that basically is a folding U lock. It's got like six plates, yep. kind of all steel reinforced. It looked good, so I bought it. I got the Avis Bordo lock and I put a picture on our Instagram a while back where I broke the key. Like I used this thing for like five years. I broke the key, but it still worked. Like I was, <laughs> I was able to still put the the key into the cylinder and turn it. So really, it was not okay. a very like good lock in that anybody could have just walked up and like gotten a screwdriver and just turned the cylinder. Yeah. But who's going to do that when you know it? It just worked. Mm-hmm. So I called up um, the the folks at Abus to see if uh, they would like because it worked. Like I loved the flexibility of it. And I was like, I need a new Bordeaux, but I've got a cargo bike. And this is the challenge with the cargo bike is that those are a pain in the ass to park. They are a pain um, in the park. The Bordeaux that I had was 90 centimeters and it was a little, or 70 centimeters. Sorry. It was a, it was pretty tough to park. So I made a request. I was like, do you have a bigger version? And they sent, um, two locks for this problem. The first is they said the big Bordeaux, which is at 120, uh, centimeters. That's I mean, big. this thing is giant. Uh, maybe I think that's like three and a half to four feet. Um, this thing locks, it is heavy. It is a beast. So it is, you know, it's the size of a brick. Um, (laughs) this lock is not getting broken. No, uh, it's good. It's convenient. I, I don't think I could use a U lock on my cargo bike, to be honest, because Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can get close enough to the pole. Um, this provides a little bit, like I've got an extra foot or two of play. So this, this thing, the big Bordeaux, 120 centimeters, you can just Google the price because the it ranges everything from $80 to $140. So like, apparently, there isn't an MAP on this that's enforced at all. Like, you can, like, yeah. it's great. It's an awesome lock. I, um, I'd buy it for you. I'd, I'd get you a gift receipt because I'd be concerned that it would either be too big for yeah. you and you might need the size down. Um, I also... I don't know if you're into uh, folding locks. Are you? I've never had a folding lock. Um, 
That's why I'd probably buy a gift. That's probably why I'd buy a gift receipt for you because I, I think that I'd want you to be able to return it if you needed it, but I still think you'd like it, but it is different than a U-lock. Yeah, different than U-lock. I mean, I see how it has a purpose. I've never had one. I, you know, I only recently in the last month got the cargo bike lifestyle going over here. So, um, my locking needs have changed, but. So yeah, I can see how it would be useful because it is hard, even with a longer U lock, to get the cargo bike all the time. And I'm certainly not able to get a rear wheel or anything else really in that. In that, you know, even like throw a couple helmets in there or something. You so, know? so here's what I have to do. So the front, the front wheel on my cargo bike is not getting taken because that thing is bolted down. It's it's got like the security through uh through uh security axles where like you do two different size Allen mm-hmm. keys to get it off. Like I I'm not concerned. Yeah, you can't um, even get I also, it off. Yeah, no. Yeah, like, right? Like, <laughs> it's really awkward when I call my buddy the mechanic every time I have a problem. Um, I would say that I use this just for the frame. Uh, but I also have used this for when I go to, the, like, the bar or whatever before the lockdown. Like, before mm-hmm. the lockdown, I use this lock um, for uh, my own lockdown purposes. I did use it. It is a little heavy and cumbersome, but that's by design because it is the biggest one that they make. So yeah. you can get a, um, a Bordeaux mini and I have this awesome one that they sent me that is in team movie star colors from a few years back. So that's like my, mm, my mini, like nice. it's only got, you know, super small. It's maybe like 40 centimeters and it's kind of like okay. their version of the U-Lock mini, but it just goes around yeah. the pole easier. Um, I like this, uh, lock, but I do wonder if all of those flat, plates that allow it to fold up are like weak points right because that's more points to attack whereas a u-lock it's just kind of a steel sack check uh yeah shackle but i again not every lock is going to be theft proof like at some point well just yeah, it is, make it, it as deterrent it is, as possible um it's a lot of deterrent look we talked about it like what's the best way to protect your bike from being stolen <laughs> not lock it up anywhere <laughs> no i'd say you lock it up but you put like a put a little bit of duct tape on the saddle right like like you just put a little bit on there they're gonna be like "Eh, i don't know if i want to that saddle might have a rip in it i'm not stealing that that gertiotti over there yeah i would say that 99 percent of of bike thefts are um because it was easy you know yes oh it's definitely it's not because the bike thief is out there and they're like whoa check that cool bike out i'm not gonna steal this lame bike i'm gonna go way out of my way to bring an angle grinder and steal the sweet Gertiotti or whatever, you know, I mean, it's, it's, Hey, that's easy. Hey, that kid, you locked his bike <laughs> like to itself. Yeah, I'm going to uh, carry that, <laughs> carry that home. Like, and, how and stupid it, was that? Know? Like just free locking bikes. I mean, right. Like it's so dumb, but anyway, well, you other... know, you had that. We, our friend Andy had his bike thrown in the trash compact. Are you serious? He had his bike thrown in the trash uh, can. No, 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 no. Yeah. But the security guards at uh Meriprise. So if you, oh. you're investing your money in Ameriprise, <laughs> I'm never going to Ameriprise now. So they picked it up and they threw it in the compactor. No. Did it? Did it crush it? Oh, they crushed it. Yeah. And oh, he, he didn't he get it back. Eventually, ended up. He no, no, that bike, that bike died. I don't remember which bike that was of his, but they, some security guard took it while he was in delivering, crushed it, and then he came out and was like, "Where's my bike?" Went to ask security guards because, as you know. A lot yeah. of security at that building. They kind of tried to be like, uh, and then eventually they were like, yeah, yeah, we might have taken it. Went down to the to the dock, crushed. Many moons later, 
basically he got some money out of the company. Oh, I would have, like, I would have gone to the police. Like that's, I mean, what, I, what are the police he might have. Do? I don't remember, but I, it was, wow. it was the weirdest don't. thing. I, I, all of us other couriers ended up over there just sort of hanging out being like, what is going on? And you know, it was, okay. like, he, this he called good. us up, everyone up. It was crazy. Uh, so I must've well, been do, just do a special interview segment with him. So, that is yeah, fantastic. This is a, that's a this great a story. I, little guy, little guy. Here's recommendation. Slow ride review recommend like on the Ten Commandments. Don't free lock mm-hmm. your bike. <laughs> no. And so, even against a building that is high security, you would think nothing could happen to it. Free locked and high security. Probably something will happen to it from the security. <laughs> so I I told the guys at Avis that my problem was that I, I'm locking up the cargo bikes. So they sent the b- big Bordeaux to like solve the problem of frame to post. Mm-hmm. Um, and to like get all the helmets and all that, uh, junk yeah. in there, but to lock the wheel to the frame, the rear wheel, um, mm-hmm. and kind of all that, like an easier lock, they sent over this like $30 micro flex lock. So it looks like a coil lock, mm-hmm. but it's kind of got this like steel coating so that like you can yep. bend it however you want. It's actually pretty ingenuitive compared to just like the co- coil lock that you know they like old security guards that you'd buy at Target for like ten bucks. Yeah, um, it's thicker. It's and it's got it's kind thicker. of a tab. It's a deterrent. In. This is clearly yeah. a deterrent. But the way that how you can like bend this down to being pretty small to fit into any messenger bag, this is like the mm-hmm. perfect cafe lock. Um, I'll yeah. put a picture again of this up on the Instagram. But for thirty bucks, this is a this is a definitely a no brainer because. I would say this would go on like uh, slow ride reviews, um, uh, uh, slow ride reviews, um, holiday gift guide, right? Because mm-hmm. like, like, uh, you know, look, I like you a lot. I don't know if I like you. Apparently, a hundred and twenty to a hundred and forty dollars worth for this big it. Bordeaux, but I, I could get you a nice thirty dollar lock. You can like bring that down to the co op. You could lock up your son's Strider. Everything would be fine. What? No one's gonna. Now, will this last like more than a couple of minutes? Eh, you know, probably not. <laughs> no, but you know, I think uh, deterrent is a big deal. Uh, obviously, anything can be broken, but really, how much is a thief gonna? How much equipment is a thief bringing out there? It's like levels, right? But two, yeah. as that a lock like that is great because as the dad life we're living, you go somewhere, you have a lot of stuff to lock up. Like you get that bike there, and yes, you brought the Strider with. You brought. Yeah. Uh, you, yeah, you brought the, you brought a couple helmets, you got some other things. Oh, you got to do all your wheels. It, it adds up the amount of just locking you do just to go on one trip, you know? Oh yeah. And the, the, like, there's so much stuff that you're absolutely right. That's why this adds like a whole nother, like you lock this to the bike and it's just one more deterrent. I, for 30 bucks, that's a, that's a no brainer, especially if someone is living in like a non theft bike theft prone area. Yeah. Like you're not going to, you'd use the Bordeaux lock to lock your bike outside of your dormitory after your dad bought you a bike that you're never going to ride the entire college year. And then, you know, spring comes around, you got to bring the bike home. The Bordeaux would keep your lock there, your bike yeah. there, um, where this coil lock, uh, you know, probably would cause no one steals college kids bikes apparently. Um, but you know, no, just the school at the end of the year. Yeah, just the school, and then they hold it at an auction, and they're like, it's a Gary Fisher. It's worth $15,000. <laughs> well, even the light cable lock, uh, you'll attest to this, I'm sure, is good for the stroller. You go somewhere. Yeah. You don't necessarily want to bring the stroller into the restaurant. 
yeah. I, I, I am Especially always now. so happy when I see <laughs> a stroller that's locked to a pole. I feel like there's like got to be some sort of like parent salute back and forth. Yeah. Like, I get it. You don't want to carry the kid the five blocks to the restaurant, but you also don't want to push it in to the crowded yeah. restaurant. I may actually, this is a good idea. I'm going to start locking this to the, um, the poles in uh, Disney Springs here in Orlando. How long before they throw that in the trash compact? That would be pretty quick. I I can't imagine Disney has anything more than a 30 second lock to a pole policy, but you know, you can try. Anyways. Well, like that was a ton of fun. So, we keep doing this. Um, if you have, if if any of the listeners have things they want us to review, let us know. We'll we'll reach out and get one, or we'll you know we'll go out and buy them. We have a ton of other things in the queue. Got some helmets. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure a little guy's going to review a new pair of Time ATAC pedals. It's going to be uh, fantastic. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll pull up some uh, vintage reviews for next episode or something. I'll review something old. And then uh, you know we'll get we'll continue to get more guests. Uh, definitely thanks to uh, April from uh trek bontrager for spending some time talk a little bit about the shoes i i'm stoked about where this is gonna go i do think we have some uh pretty uh pretty sweet ideas but um i don't even know how we're gonna sign off on this but little guy um you're i hope you have a pretty big stocking come holiday season because uh timmy you you, you might be getting some pretty good gifts here all right i'll uh i'll throw a different an extra stocking on the mantle (laughs) in anticipation (laughs) i'll talk to you all right later